0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. The Silver Samurai.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 109 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, you kiss me, I'll stab you venable, and I'm joined by a flashback co-host, Cameron, this kind of scraps a little too subtle for me, Sinclair.
0: <laughs> What's up, everybody?
1: Not much, we're made for a flashback episode. I guess so the last time we left Wolverine was the Claremont Miller si- miniseries, and remember he went to Japan and did a bunch of stuff with Mariko and then sent home a wedding invitation. So that's kind of where we're going to pick right up when we get into this. So, um, yeah, pretty much it.
0: Did you explain on. Uh, I think you kind of did on, on the Wolverine one. I mean, on the miniseries one. But about skip, that, you skipped a few issues.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Uncanny uh, Wolverine, you know, back in the day when they did miniseries. Uh, sometimes they would actually take the character out of their main book, you know, to parallel what was going on. Whereas now, you know, you can be in 20 comics a week and it doesn't matter. But, but yeah, so Wolverine was not in the last few issues of Uncanny. So, if you're looking for your Uncanny X-Men fix, we are skipping a couple issues. Yeah, Wolverine's you know, not there. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. That rhymed. <laughs> <It did> rhyme. <laughs> nice. This is the podcast that goes snipped. That's right. So...
0: Not X or something.
1: Right. X. Hey dude, want to drop some X?
0: (laughs) I think this podcast would get real weird real quick. (laughs) You better stay away from that.
1: Yeah, probably so. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's that's pretty much all the intro we need, huh? All right. Want to talk about some comics? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Okay, so first up, we're going to jump into Uncanny X-Men number 172. Wolverine is back. Actually, he's not back. The X-Men go to him. And that's how Wolverine rolls.
0: That's right. You come to me.
1: Right? So this is going to be Scarlet in Glory. And this is written by Chris Claremont. With pencils by Paul Smith. Inks by Bob Wyachek. Glynis Ween did the colors, and Tom Orzechowski did the letters. And our cover is also by Paul Smith. And it's basically kind of the last page of the Wolverine miniseries, but with a sword through the invitation, right through Wolverine's picture.
0: Dun dun dun. Um,
1: yeah, it promises um, lots of ominous, o- omin-osity? ominousity. Ominosity. <laughs> I don't know what the Ominousness. what's the noun for ominous. I don't know. Um, but anyway. I don't know. I like this cover quite a bit. What do you think? So it's basically, in case you aren't aware of the last panel of the Wolverine mini series, this is Wolverine and Mariko's wedding invitation, and someone has stabbed it.
0: Yeah, I think alone it's kind of cheesy, but paired up with the mini series, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, and I do, I do really like the the way Wolverine and Mariko are drawn here.
1: Yes, yeah, I love Paul Smith. Unlike Wolverine. the rest
0: of the comic, really, but in this.
1: Okay. Picture here. We won't. We won't talk about. It. We'll get into that then.
0: No, you know what? Maybe this isn't the one I'm thinking of.
1: I don't know. Never mind. We'll you have to check your notes.
0: There's a one. It's 173. Where there's a couple panels that I thought were uh, crazy. Okay. We have to. Yeah. No. This one. This check one's Check your actually, notes for your
1: record notes.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think this cover is pretty sweet. What's not yeah. like? I like the detail on like the sword handle. It's really nice. Yeah, um, I agree. All right. So basically. Uh, The X-Men arrive in Japan for Logan and Mariko's wedding. Of course, this now includes Rogue, which uh, Wolverine is not too happy about. He's not. Yeah. Yukio sees Silver Samurai stalking the penthouse and attacks him. Wolverine hears it, because you know he has heightened senses, and has Nightcrawler bamp him outside. Silver Samurai disappears, and Yukio runs off where she is saved from her own carelessness by Storm. The X-Men determine that Silver Samurai must mean that Shingen was working with Viper. Very uh, Batman-esque detective skills there. Mariko gets a mysterious note and decides to handle it herself. Uh, Viper knocks out Yoshi, the little dragon, (laughs) and uh, serves the X-Men her special tea. Not special tea, but special tea. Uh, Wolverine and Storm have a heart-to-heart, Wolverine is warned about Clan Yashina's um, involvement in the underworld and that uh, Mariko wants to handle it herself without him. We have a summer's interlude where Scott and Alex argue over and Pryor.
0: Uh, you call it a summerlude?
1: Yeah, a summerlude. A, a summer vacation there you in, go. Our, in our comic.
0: There'll be a literal one of those in a few issues.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yukio is uh, Mariko's driver. She takes her to a meeting with the Silver Samurai who happens to be her half-brother, and he wants the clan for himself. Uh, Mariko is c- very confrontational, but it turns out to be Yukio in disguise, who fights the Silver Samurai. Viper looks for Mariko, but Storm takes her out. Uh, Storm shoots lightning at Silver Samurai, but loses control. Some more on some Storm drama. Yukio saves her, but Silver Samurai and Viper escape. Uh, the Poison X Men are in the hospital. Wolverine and his healing Factor are going after the bad guys, reluctantly with help from Rogue, who is also unaffected by the poison due to her Kree DNA she stole from Carol Danvers. And that's about it. So, you don't like the way Ernie decided this wasn't the one? Because I like the, the I... way Paul Smith draws uh, Logan.
0: I do too. There, there are some, there are a few things. I don't like the way he draws Yukio.
1: Okay. I think I mean,
0: she looks like a weird. She makes look like a really old lady.
1: Okay. Face. I think she was kind of like serpentine, but yeah, or serpentine. How do you say that?
0: Um, we'll go with the latter.
1: Okay. Yeah, serpentine. Oh, that's our new YA series, serpentine's. Nice. Yeah, serpentine. buddy, I can do already it. I can hear the money cashing now. Or what? Let me rolling it. in the yeah. money. Ka-ching! Yeah. All right. No. Uh, Send off the I, copyright for that before I put this episode up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure about his rogue, but I think that's just because that's... I don't like the way she was drawn back then with this short kind of man hair. Not Yeah. A big I think fan. His I mean, is that's worse. not his fault.
0: His is worse than a little bit later, but but yeah. yeah, she's drawn generally weird. But in this one, it's really Yukio is the only one that I think... And even bothers me, not not the right word, but it's just... I don't know. Just supposed to be Wolverine's love interest, you know, not that long ago in the previous, in the miniseries. Right. And here she looks like a crazy looking old lady.
1: <laughs> I can dig it. So I thought it was funny that Wolverine and Lockheed have like an alpha male-off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny too.
1: Well, I like the little close-up on Wolverine's eyes. I that yeah. was cool. All right, so the main beef with Rogue is what she did to Carol. And that's Wolverine's kind of main beef, uh, because he no, was that, that had
0: already happened, right? That's not yes,
1: yeah, something. but that's, but wow. Wolverine didn't know that Rogue was like an X Man, and that really gets under right, his right, skin right. because he was really good friends, and you know has a mysterious past with Carol Danvers. So you know apparently they're best friends, and and Rogue yeah. basically stole her from herself. So I mean that would that would be pretty upsetting, I guess. Yeah. If someone walked in and basically uh, stole you, I'd be pretty pissed. I appreciate that. Unless it was a hot chick.
0: Well, I can appreciate that as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, so everyone kind of shows up in Japan. They have all the fighting. So what do you think of uh, Smith's Silver Samurai? Um, It's pretty cool. I really like this first panel of him in the shadow. I think that yeah. looks really nice.
0: He does a good job. You know, I was trying to think about the other iterations of Silver Samurai. Okay. Um, and that this is probably one of the better ones
1: especially in the early one because before the last time well i won't i don't this isn't the podcast of Silver Samurai, so i don't know all his appearances the last time right. i read him prior to this was a spider woman and uh steve uh, alay aloha drew him with massively extended shoulder pads that like came out way <laughs> past his shoulder so i prefer fine. this yeah I, this is more this is natural cool. uniform I also really enjoy when a Wolverine kind of launches himself off of the roof. Like, we get kind of the backwards, like, jump. It looks yeah. really cool, I thought.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too.
1: And I like the way he draws Storm's cape. I really like his panel layout. And then yeah. uh, I like the way Glennis Ween does the halftone on the coloring. Yeah. I don't know, it's just all really cool. Um, I was going to say something about, because Rogue when Wolverine going back to when Rogue shows up and basically they people are like well is Rogue going to be able to stay here and Rogue's like well I will if, if if she'll have me and I like that Mariko is the voice of compassion yeah. kind of to temper Wolverine and just another reason I think she is the best Wolverine girlfriend slash lover whatever Yeah, because I she does, she has that kind of personality that just kind of calms them down and tempers them I think that's just a really cool influence
0: they do a good job with uh the balance, kind of that relationship balance with the two of them.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, so I guess when Storm went to fight, or when the X-Men, like Nightcrawler, teleports Wolverine out, I guess Storm just went out the window and flew around? I guess she, so. and that's how she's able to save Yukio?
0: <laughs> she's out checking it out for some yeah. reason. And see, look at this panel here where she brings Yukio back. That panel where Yukio's head looks like it's, she's got a giant alien head.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: What it is. I don't know what it, what he has against Yukio.
1: I don't know. Like I don't know if he's trying to ape U-K-O. Miller or what, but... I said, um, Yushi should have called a Batman on that red phone. <laughs> before Viper knocked her out. So I like this part. So we get some more of Wolverine kind of doubting his worth when he and Storm have the, uh, the heart-to-heart there. I thought that was really cool. Kind of goes back to the miniseries because this issue kind of picks up after the miniseries more than it does the previous issues of Uncanny. I mean, we still have yeah. some of the subplots like weaving through, like Storm struggling with her powers. um Rogue right. being on the team and then team kind of being uncomfortable with that. Like, not as much as Wolverine, but they they definitely all have their qualms. So we kind of have right. all of that weaving through the background, but it's really more of a direct sequel to the miniseries than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I mean,
0: because like, I didn't read those the two issues we didn't do, and I don't feel like I missed anything. Like Rogue, is there I, I knew that was going to happen, obviously. Right. And so, but I didn't, I didn't. There wasn't anything in here that it was like, what? What? A, I don't understand that, or what? This is all right out of the miniseries. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: And that was cool. So I like how Wolverine's talking to Storm about like the underworld and kind of uh, Mariko trying to like handle the clan and all that stuff. Right. And how now he it,
0: wants to help her with it, but she's. Right.
1: But she doesn't want it. And also, like, it's not something he just go and, like, cut everything with his claws. Like, right. that's where he says, the scrap's too subtle for me. You know, like, there's, like, <laughs> politics and diplomacy and, and stuff. And that's a little above... Or Wolverine thinks it's a little above his pay grade.
0: <laughs> right. Or at least it's something he doesn't have the patience for. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. Really Maybe more. that's more accurate. Uh. <laughs> so, apparently, gotcha is uh, Yukio's catchphrase. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I don't... I guess I noticed it during the miniseries but it really stuck out in this issue. Yeah. You know, like, every I, yeah. time something happens, she's like, gotcha.
0: <laughs> that's Yeah, that's funny. I re- didn't pick it up in the miniseries either. Yeah. I mean, I guess... I guess I, maybe I did, but yeah, it, it stands out as uh, as like they're trying to push a catchphrase.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. So I like... What does Storm say? Oh. Uh, when Storm's fighting silver samurai and she tries to shoot him with lightning and her powers all, all go crazy right uh, she electrocutes silver samurai but then she like burns herself
0: yeah she like absorbs all the like she has to something about it, she has to pull the lightning back into her body
1: yeah somehow and so she's she's like literally it's funny because she looks a lot like because uh, right now carol danvers is this binary character who has yeah. like star power i mean she's got real star power she's going places but Storm kind of looks like binary in this panel, but then yeah. uh, Yukio like tackles her with like this cape to like, try to like put her out. It says, right. "How convenient we we jumped out of the window over this lake." I said, "Yeah, real lucky you and the lightning girl are falling into water." Yeah, that's not a con- you know? Right. So it's so why. That's why the girl with the bathtub and the radio. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you know, this brings us back to something we talked about before, and I still have yet to get a good answer on the, a more modern take about it but this still purports the idea that the the lightning comes from Storm's hands
1: right yes. rather
0: than her bringing it oh, down from it, climate
1: it definitely does she's definitely shooting it out of her hands
0: yeah sure. and so in this here she's absorbing it back in her body but I don't I don't think that's the case anymore right
1: I, I think she can so kind of do both I think she or... doesn't do it as often it
0: she does a little bit of both
1: yeah I think she finds it maybe more convenient to strike someone from, you know, not here's my hand. Let me let me shoot lightning at you, like you know, right. You can shoot it's someone like from conduct- behind it. or a different direction. I guess it's so. more strategic. I, it's
0: just like conducting the electricity through her body,
1: right? Which would make sense, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it it's I think should always busy. be a little cartoon black thundercloud, and she shoot, shoots <laughs> someone a lightning bolt. Some people.
0: Yeah, So that's how it should be. She's a little cloud following her around yeah i don't know it's it not there's really no reason no point for me to bring that up except that i think it's interesting No,
1: it's, yeah it is interesting
0: i like where silver samurai says
1: i live <laughs> I, I think the, he looks really cool in those panels i agree because his mask also, looks so like his whole face looks kind of silvery yeah the not, shadows it's not like his chin's hanging out i mean just, i don't know it just looks really cool I was really kind of bummed out because Wolverine's talking to Mariko and says, you know, he's gonna go handle this, and she, she's like, "But I need to do it myself," and he's like, "You can't stop me." Basically, Rogue says, "I'm I'm coming with you, Wolverine." Yeah. That's that's the best I can do. Sorry. Um, a- and I, I was disappointed cause, uh Wolverine <clears throat> says, "The heck you are." Yeah. Which I know, like they sub. There's some um euphemisms, you know, like flaming and stuff like that, that right, that works, because you, you, st- you still gotta do the comics code, but I feel like Hell wasn't blacklisted at this point.
0: It seems like it would have been okay.
1: Yeah. So in that case, it's kind of weak that Wolverine said heck.
0: I agree with you. Or, maybe when Mariko's around, he's really trying to keep
1: Oh, his- watching his mouth. Okay. Trying to be more honorable.
0: Yeah. So that, that could be it, too.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Cool. Well, um, I like I like how it ends on his eyes, in the mask. Too. I think that's really cool. <laughs> Rogue just kind of hanging out.
0: Not my favorite drawing of Rogue, but I like the the two side by side like that.
1: Yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, I thought the story and art were both fantastic.
0: Yeah, I um I don't like the art as much as you did because there's a few weak points, but overall I think it's it's good. Cool. Overall, it's it's weird. It's great, and then just randomly. <laughs> which i guess we kind of had the same thing with frank miller where it's like uh, most of it is great and then you just have these random terrible panels
1: see i don't i don't think there are any terrible panels i think no, maybe there was- there's some choices that probably obviously bothered you more than they bother me but i don't know
0: yeah there's not terrible panels there are just a, i think it's just like i don't know i'm I'm really
1: nitpicky about it no it's fine if you don't like it you don't like it i really enjoyed the panel layout as well uh, yeah, I, oh, yeah the, I did too i thought the paneling was done very nice and i thought the colors were just fantastic this issue yeah you know it's funny because uh, maybe this is just me being a snob but um <laughs> I, I i was surprised at the strength of the coloring and some of these. because really ever since we've done uncanny stuff whenever glennis ween does the colors it's been really good yeah i guess in my imagination like oh the 80s the colors won't be that great but i've been surprised at how awesome really consistently she's been pretty great yeah no uh, I agree. this is it's, another it's, just another issue in the long line of great issues for her so
0: yeah i agree
1: kudos all right cool well i yeah, am going to give uncanny x-men 172 six out of six claws what do you got
0: yeah me too cool. this is a good this is a really good issue yeah
1: really exciting So, uh, cool, let's go to the next one. All right, so next up, we have Uncanny X-Men 173. You know, we knew, we knew that Wolverine's wedding was not going to go smooth. (laughs) We knew. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see just how rough it gets. What do we got here? All
0: right, so we got To Have and Have Not with Chris Claremont, Paul Smith, Bob Wachick, Tom Orzachowski, and Glynis Wine.
1: Yep, same All the creative same people. team as last time.
0: Same crew. All right, so I tried my hand at your uh, quick summaries.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about the cover oh. first.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just, oh, okay, it, sorry. I'm just preparing everyone for Okay. me doing the quick overview like you always do. <laughs> Instead of me mumbling through the issues like it, I and, always it do. It better be snappy. I hope so.
1: And have some patter. So, or pitter-patter? Pitter-patter.
0: A little bit. Yeah. So is this this is Paul Smith too, right? The yes. cover?
1: Yeah, with his old PMS logo.
0: That's right. I was trying to read. It kind of looked like PMG on the digital yeah, copy, it,
1: kind so. of, it is hard to see, yeah.
0: But yeah, I thought it probably was. Um, I like it. I, I would love it, except for Wolverine's face kind of looks like he smelled something bad.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. So basically, we have a almost black background. Yeah, Actually, it, is, really- is it black? Because my cover may just be a little faded.
0: So, it looks black on mine too. Okay. Maybe bluish black.
1: So it's black, and Wolverine and Rogue are running, and each yeah. of them have had their right leg amputated at the knee. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really mind Wolverine's face that much. He's scowling, look, I guess, but
0: it looks to me like he's making a real high-pitched sound. Oh.
1: Somebody <laughs> like, yeah, get. You.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the leg thing is weird. I didn't, I didn't really notice that, but that. Does
1: well, look... Wolverine you can see like from his angle that it would just be behind him, no big deal. But Rose is weird.
0: Hers does look amputated. I really like the, I really like the pose though. The
1: yes, running, I think it's the, a fantastic cover overall. The blades
0: all down. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really cool cover.
1: I like the way like the kind of the bend of Wolverine's front leg. Yeah, it just, it looks really cool. So that's actually one of my favorite covers. Yeah, so anyway, I think we both agree. A couple of weird oddities aside, it's a pretty great cover.
0: Yeah, overall, very good. Okay, you ready? You go. So we open with uh, Wolverine and Rogue. So Wolverine and Rogue proved to be a badass team.
1: Yes, they Yuki-o. do. I love that.
0: Yukio and Storm. Storm, who looks like Tina Turner on meth in this issue. <laughs> now we're back to Wolverine and uh, Rogue looking. Then we have a big fight that... It's a pretty awesome fight. Mariko tries to save her brother at the last minute, Silver Samurai.
1: Yes, Viper Afro.
0: shoots, Rogue for the block, Blaster Overloads, and Wolverine for the kiss. Now we go to the wedding. <laughs> Quick summary. <laughs> Everyone is shocked at Madeline Pryor, not Jean Grey, we'll call her. Yes. Punk Rock Aurora shows up, makes Kitty cry. Hell yeah. Then Wolverine gets left at the altar.
1: Oh, he is jilted by Mariko.
0: Sneaky Jason Wingard, or Mastermind. Yeah. smoking in the background. Although I thought it was Sebastian Shaw at first from Hellfire Club.
1: Oh, when you just see the butt shot? The little coattails? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of Sebastian Shaw-y.
0: But it, uh, it is Jason Wingard. Which I wouldn't have said except that I think I think it
1: I think it's, it's implied. Enough. Yeah.
0: And then the last panel is Wolverine with the single tear.
1: Yeah, wow. That's uh, intense.
0: Which is very intense.
1: Yeah, so road... right, That wasn't
0: as cool as I thought it would be. That was great. Right, my rundown.
1: Ah, that is fantastic. So Rogue loves being Wolverine's sidekick. Yes. I think this is cool for several reasons. Like you said, super badass. They're a great team. So besides being badass, and like I said, it doesn't happen right away, but this kind of goes a long way to ingratiating Rogue to Wolverine and then kind of, you know, as Wolverine goes, the X-Men go. So kind of the rest of the team as well. You know, the fact that she's so useful and... Actually, kind of gets along with Wolverine. They have kind of a similar toughness, you know. Like I don't know, it just it was really, really cool. I I love this whole opening of kind of Wolverine interrogating and Rogue just kind of chilling out and taking notes.
0: Yeah, I like, I like it a that lot. A lot
1: too. I will say I never really put these two together or did it as a kid anyway. But some of the art in some of these panels, uh, particularly on the first page, the guys flying through the glass. Mm -hmm. And then the guy's face when Wolverine has him by the neck. Kind of remind me of Wiles Pratichio.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Anyway, I've never really connected the two artists before, but there's just, there's parts of the line work that remind me of Pratichio.
0: Yeah, something about the way the glass is all flying out.
1: Yeah, and something about the the guy's chin. Like the upward shot of his chin, and I don't know. There's something about it. But I love this whole opening scene. I thought it ah, was really, really great. <laughs> yeah, Storm looks pretty awful when we switch to her.
0: I mean, like, really crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I did think, uh, so the claws in the face was a nice panel. I thought that, yeah, it's going well, but Rogue's getting a little chummy, a little quick, already calling him Wolvie. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little like I don't. I think he would kind of be gruff at that at this point in the story.
0: Yeah, right. Like, I think it's supposed to go with Rogue's character because she is so the casual, Southern, informal, girl. and casual, yeah. and just like even the way she carries herself about her own invulnerability—that she's just kind of naive.
1: Right. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And I think that I think that kind of goes with that. But I agree that it it seems like Wolverine would not appreciate it. Yeah. So quickly. But yeah. I did also notice that Yukio has another catchphrase, and it is poo. Oh,
1: <laughs> she oh, says poo. that several times. I didn't see. I didn't catch that catchphrase, but we'll add it to the I, list.
0: I didn't catch it here, but then I noticed it later and thought it was funny. And then I'm just now I was looking back at this and I realized she said it again. And I'm like, well, that's a weird thing to say multiple times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of your storm comparison. Now I kind of wish that Yukio had said, I know they're getting married, but I love Wolverine. The storm can have said, what's love got to do with it? Got to do with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, well, there's a panel a few minutes later where she looks like she is actually singing.
1: Yeah. So Wolverine and Rogue sneak into the... Where are they sneaking into? I forget now. Is it the clan Yoshida? The headquarters. Yeah. And that panel of them sneaking in is awesome. Yeah. And I really, really cool. love the way Wolverine's drawn and the shadows and the colors and the like his crouch is just perfect. Yeah. And then the next. Panel. And how
0: Rogue's just walking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, she's invulnerable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which goes to her naive, naivete.
1: Yes. Yeah, nice, and actually. then
0: she's just like not taking it very seriously. And then ultimately gets them almost killed.
1: Yeah, by the little and uh, bizarrely gargle.
0: tries to kiss Wolverine.
1: Yeah, yeah, because he saved her life. She wants to thank him. The only way she knows how.
0: By taking her his powers briefly. Yeah. Weird, <laughs> but, weird...
1: but then uh, Wolverine does the whole thing where he puts the fist under her chin. And, yeah. Well, and threatens. she's
0: there for his wedding. That's why she's in Japan. Right. All yeah, these multiple things that
1: make she it. She got not caught fun. up in their roll on the ground.
0: I guess so. But yeah. then she said she was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, were you just kidding, or were you right. actually trying to take his powers? So, or were you actually yeah. trying to kiss him? Or
1: yeah, I don't know what she was trying to do.
0: Yeah, I like the fist. I, that's always a classic Wolverine move:
1: is the yeah. fist under the. I did. Stuff. Oh here, yeah. yeah, here's a fan over Storm singing. The Storm's pretty badass in this sequence, though. When the lightning comes like all the way down to the building, it's pretty yeah. cool.
0: It is really cool. Not out of her hands.
1: No, no. She just pulls it down. Okay, so... Like the yeah. goddess of thunder that she is. Yeah, um, well, we
0: find out that that old dude is actually dead. Yes. Who is okay. supposed to be the head of the other clan, right? Is that...
1: Yeah.
0: I kind of got a little lost in that. That He's the head of another, a rival clan that, that uh, Mariko's dad didn't kill, or grandpa didn't kill. Right. And so he's mediating between Mariko and Silver Samurai, which that was in the last issue, but... But so then we find out here that that guy was dead. Which I thought that was a weird. I kind of thought that was a weird reveal. Because it was later and it's like I'd almost already forgotten about that old guy.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Because it didn't seem to have much of a role. But I mean, I guess the point is we're seeing that he did.
1: Well, he must have been important and now he can't perform his function. I think we're also kind of seeing the viper's rise to power. Because we're assuming yeah, well, because behind it's not us, even right? him. Huh?
0: eventually right it reveals it's not even him in the first place
1: oh, is it? I don't remember
0: we'll get to that we'll get to that <laughs> later but yeah. but but the idea that because this is the dead body here and so whoever was there wasn't him at anyway
1: uh, okay' gotcha. it was an
0: imposter originally
1: right oh yeah because he's been dead someone for a while I, I get what you're saying yes this guy's yeah. been dead for a while so whoever was at the meeting was the fake right okay sorry he was I, the
0: imposter and so yeah. someone is working the strings
1: yeah pulling them even anyway this whole sequence this page long sequence of viper and her ninjas coming into the hospital i thought was really great
0: this whole everything from when they sneak in till after this whole thing is over is fantastic i think
1: yes i agree and i like how they use the page you know the the panels and the paging you see Viper and her ninjas on the last panel, and then you turn the page to Rogue, like flying in and tackling like six ninja. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: It was very cool.
1: And then uh Wolverine gets his fight with Silver Samurai—the first mm-hmm. time they really fight, right? Yeah. Because in the last yeah. issue, it was more of a standoff, right? Or am I yeah. wrong? I don't. No, I don't I, know.
0: they didn't. I don't think they hit each other at all. It was just kind of like. Yeah. And a great sequence, I thought. No words. Oh, this just... was
1: so reminiscent of the, min- the miniseries. We have a page of fighting with dialogue. And then we have...
0: Three pages.
1: Three with whole pages of dialogue. big panels of fighting with minimal dialogue.
0: Well, nothing yeah. on two of them. and then
1: Yeah. And then the red just, background. Uh... Oh, this is just... And the Paul Smith art. This is just fantastic. Yeah. And it's so and it's much similar... like the miniseries. Because there's a part where like Wolverine gets stabbed through the stomach. Mm-hmm. And the just... back of the neck yeah
0: yeah it's really cool and then this is when Yukio or, uh, Mariko who has way more hair all of a sudden
1: yeah it's a little poofy but she saves Silver Samurai's life by uh grabbing Wolverine's hand
0: yeah and that panel though is really bad not really bad but it's really disappointing after all the great panels in a row
1: I don't know I like the the change of color in the background because we have like the red kind of represents not only the fight, but Wolverine's rage, and then immediately, yeah. like Marika grabs his hand, and almost like like the whole mood changes, kind of representing the calming influence she has on him. I really I do enjoyed like that. that, but I think the way her
0: head and his head are drawn are both not very good. Both look weird okay.
1: to me. This is definitely kind of the more the flatter Paul Smith style. Yeah. Marika Which... looks very like two dimensional with the side of her face, and Wolverine's kind of. I sometimes this aren't really pops, and sometimes it seems a little more yeah. on the page. This well, it's
0: just like, yeah. I mean, just like all the panels in this whole fight sequence, Wolverine looks so cool.
1: Yes. And I agree. then
0: all of a sudden, he has this weird, misshapen head <laughs> with the tiny eyes and a strange look on his face. Being nitpicky, but
1: no, it's, you're all good.
0: Anyway, she stops him, and then and then Viper is gonna kill him.
1: But Rogue pulls a Superman. She is faster than a speeding laser gun.
0: Yeah. And we that, also find out, before that, we find out that Viper is the one in charge.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Which is a, an, an, an interesting reveal that it's not even Mariko's brother, the Silver Samurai, who you assume is the one running the show.
1: You just, would assume, ha, if, but if you've read previous appearances of them, they he has been her lapdog for a while.
0: Oh, okay. I, so, I, I didn't know that. So. Yeah. Well,
1: there you go but I really like the uh, the art and the color where when Rogue takes the blunt of the blaster yeah, yeah. she blocks like one of the lasers and that panel of her like out racing the laser is awesome it, it, it is yeah, very Superman really cool. but it's very cool but then she takes like a full blast and it looks really nice but yeah, it actually I, seems they... like it kind of hurts her
0: <laughs> yeah well it's it's over because it, it more powerful than she realized but then the gun blows up which is pretty funny.
1: Blaster what? over. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you saying?
0: I just said the blaster overloads and right. Well, I saved...
1: hear that uh, Wolverine he gives Rogue a kiss now. Like, and Gives she her his healing place. factor so she can survive, which That's I right. thought was really cool and says a lot about Wolverine. Yeah. Even though he, he kind of hates her, and it was really really reluctant to do anything with her. They've been through this fight, and you know Wolverine's yeah. a fighter. So if anything, you can get on his side by fighting with him.
0: It doesn't really tell us how long their search lasted.
1: Right, yeah. It could have been hours, days.
0: Yeah, you know. so the idea is they, they've been through some stuff. Yeah, they, they've bonded. <laughs>
1: and I like that Wolverine was the first person that she bonded with. I don't know. I just think that's really cool. I do too. Oh, I was going to say, I also like how instead of the kiss being close up, like when Rogue tried to kiss Wolverine, like it pans yeah. out, which <laughs> makes it more about the sacrifice and like not there's no romance there yeah i had it been really close uh, what
0: i said and he could have kissed her on the forehead
1: oh yeah and who knows maybe so yeah but either way like like it's very much about him giving her power and not and there's nothing else involved and i think had they done the panel differently it could have been weirder
0: yeah if it was up close it would have felt a lot more like a romantic thing right yeah yeah, whereas this is more uh, life-saving.
1: You know? Yeah, and like, there's no background. I don't know, just really cool. All right, so now we move to Mariko in the in the, the prayer garden and just kind of her, I don't know, just her kind of arguing with herself, I guess. And that's where we see, this is where we don't get the reveal. We just see coattails. Yeah. And we don't really know who it is. But he's there to give well wishes, he says. But and she
0: immediately forgets him and thinks she was talking to herself.
1: Yeah, so we know we to... know something's going on, but yeah, she drops a bouquet, and she's all confused. She's... Now we're at the wedding. Yeah, we're at the wedding. And first ever Storm Mohawk, so that's a pretty big deal. First appearance of that.
0: I'll say Madeline Pryor is introduced to everyone, and yeah. Lelandra tries to kill her. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> because she wants to kill Gene.
0: Which it's, it's a funny, um, the way that plays out is funny, because it's like... She sees her and she pulls out her sword and she's about to kill her. And they're like, "Oh no, it just looks like her." She's like, "Oh, okay, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> she's like really uh, easily easily convinced that it's not it's yeah. not Jean Grey.
1: So I was kind of creeped out when Nightcrawler hits on Kitty. Yeah, right? that's right? a little weird. Kitty's in her traditional Japanese costume and wig and she's serving everybody. And Nightcrawler's like looking good catching.
0: <laughs> I totally didn't even catch that that was Kitty.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm assuming because she was in the costume and this is her role at the wedding. Like that's what she agreed yeah. to do. I just think "Katchin" is up. German for Kitty. And that's one well, of yeah. Nightcrawler's nicknames for her. So I'm assuming that's what's going on. It's that better your so. way that he's not hitting on like the 12 year old, or I guess she's 13 now. That right. was, was really strange. She's not that young, is she? Yeah. Yeah, and during the Brood Saga, she she turned 13 in space. She was lamenting having her birthday in space.
0: Well, I think they might have either, X-Men is creepy, <laughs> or they they very quickly retconned her age to be a little older because her and Colossus are making out a couple of But Colossus
1: is only supposed to be a few, like, he's like 17-ish. So it's still kind of creepy, but not as creepy.
0: I guess it was the early 80s.
1: Yeah, you know, you got away with a lot more back then.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe so. But I don't understand why she cries at Storm. That's one thing that was confusing to me.
1: I don't... Well, I know she sees Storm as like a mother slash big fist... big big fister. That's not what we want to say. Um, (laughs) Well, you're going with that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's even creepier than the Nightcrawler thing. Um, Yeah. No, as a big sister slash mother figure. So I'm guessing just the shock of the change. I don't know. I mean.
0: Yes. I, I wonder if there's a. I wonder if there's a punk rock context to it.
1: Possibly. In, like. In
0: 2014, we don't get.
1: Right. But because it, everybody's it, kind of punky. Right. This is what? 1983,
0: 84?
1: Uh, this is officially. This is 83.
0: 83, yeah. And so maybe it's it's a little bit more.
1: Radical? Yeah, I guess I mean, that's what making, Claremont was going for. He wanted to show a like a bigger it,
0: statement.
1: Yeah. And so I guess it really bothered Kitty, who they kind of go back and forth on whether she's conservative or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, a I sheltered, maybe. Yeah, I think it's just more well, of the shock. She's not politically factor.
0: conservative so much, but just I think the idea that she's somewhat sheltered and kind yeah. of a suburban white teen, teenage right. girl. I guess it would have been a lot, lot, more shocking than today, where this is just a fashion style that. Right, people... it's just
1: Miley Cyrus.
0: Right. <laughs> Whereas here, I guess the idea is it was it was carrying with it some kind of some, some kind of trans, uh, symbolic transformation for Storm. Yes,
1: and that's definitely what Claremont was going for. Right. So, so I guess she was
0: just looking different, but she is different.
1: You know what? I am going to assume that what Claremont that? wanted Kenny to be the reaction of the reader. He wanted us to all go. How oh, could you? And so I think I think in Claremont's head, Kenny was the voice of the reader.
0: I I buy that, and, and I, I would not be surprised if that was the reaction of a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, think about if
1: we'll have to keep our eye on the letter pages.
0: Oh, that'd be interesting. Because yeah. we I mean, got to think about what um what Sean Hannity would say <laughs> when this came out. You know, right. if, if if you had the same kind of uh, burn radio, the comic. Yeah, I mean, just the whole idea. Oh, she hates the government. She's anti-American now. Oh, right. Yeah. You know. you uh, know, would
1: have had a field day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, interesting. That's a weird, interesting thing about.
1: I like how Madeline Pryor, jokes with Scott about as much as they like me, you know, as a not at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. That she sees the dragon. <laughs> And then she's, which is funny, she's freaked out by the dragon, but then the beginning of the next comic, she's in space,
1: so. Right, yeah. So I guess I guess she adjusts fairly quickly to things. I really like Wolverine. So we get to the actual ceremony. Um, yeah. Mariko comes in in her uh, traditional Japanese wedding garb, and it's all very formal, and Wolverine kind of talks about how it kind of makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. But he's willing to do it, and he, it's a really cool line here that I actually like a lot where he says our love is what counts the rest yeah. is just decoration i, I know that was that really cool too. so kudos to claremont and yeah. i read this before i got married that might have shown up <laughs>
0: <laughs> put that in your vows yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i liked that a lot too
1: so i will say after everything we've been through the past couple of issues and the miniseries claremont did a good job logan getting jilted here hits home think like it's very hard hitting, where she, especially the phrase she uses, where she goes, "Because right. Gaijin, you are not worthy." Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's very emotional. Well, it,
0: it's clear. It's clear, but it's not clear that it's someone else talking. Now it's not clear that it is someone else making her say it. But right. that it's. This is not the phrasing. She she never called Wolverine Gaijin. Right. You know, she never referred to him in that as foreigner. You know. Right.
1: Even when she struggled with his kind of personality or honor during the miniseries. Yeah. She yeah, never like tried to put him down. She just disagreed.
0: Right. And he, she didn't use that phrase for any of the X Men. I mean, she didn't. Right. That, that term was never. She always inclusive and embracing of all of them and yeah. then particularly because they had talked so much about that him being worthy right yeah it just that phrase was cuts like right it, to the heart yeah intentionally done to hurt wolverine I agree. and it does that's why we get the single tear
1: yeah i really like the panel of her walking past him like wolverine yeah. <laughs> is standing there like straight like like in shock he can't move He can't believe what he yeah. just heard and she just walks yep. right past him and then we see yeah, the, tale, like the coattails again, yeah. matching what we saw in the prayer garden. And then we see it's Jason Weingard, So we know this is a mastermind thing.
0: Yeah, so very quickly, we, which, like I said, you hear her say that and it's like, I, why would she say that? And then they're like, there you go.
1: Yeah. I get Oh, got it. Okay. That's what's yeah. going on. <laughs> I was particularly tickled or fancied. I really liked the way Paul Smith drew his cigarette smoke on yeah, the close up of Weingard's cool. chin. It's
0: interesting how how twirly it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So that's the end of the issue. I thought, again, the story and art were both amazing. Did you like the art better, this issue, or worse?
0: Yeah, I I think it's a little better. The the Tina Turner Storm stuff.
1: That's He was trying to show Storm being roughed up. Yeah. He went a little too extreme, I think. It
0: was too roughed up. But (laughs) overall, other than that, it's really the only... That, and then the one panel, like I said, where I don't like Wolverine's fate, where he's drawn, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you a think brilliant... of Paul Smith's uh, Logan, his Wolverine without the mask?
0: I, I like it pretty good. It, I like it a lot. His nose sometimes is a little flat.
1: I think it looks like a fighter, personally. Or
0: like pointed down in a, yeah. a way that makes him look older.
1: A little bit, but he is. Compared yeah, to is. the rest of the X-Men, so I don't but mind I mean, that so older than much. he
0: normally looks. Yeah but yeah yeah, but I don't I don't really dislike it it's just a different take on his nose I guess but but yeah I like his I like his uh, I like his Wolverine a lot
1: I do too okay well what do you want to grade on Kenny X-Men 173
0: um this is gonna get a 6-2
1: yeah I will also give it 6 out of 6 the fight scene
0: and just how powerful the Wolverine getting stood up at the altar is yeah man it really it's got the feels they did a really good job of uh (laughs) of making you feel that that
1: phrase but, yeah, so I also will give Uncanny X-Men 173 six out of six claws.
0: So this is X-Men 174.
1: The Uncanny called, X-Men, even.
0: Uncanny X-Men. It's called Romances.
1: Yeah, kind of like our Bromances.
0: Kind of like it, but without the B.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Chris Claremont. <sighs> Bob Wojciech, Glynis Wine, Tom Orzachowski. Yep.
1: Everybody's the same. No changes.
0: Nobody got fired.
1: Nope, not week. yet.
0: So the cover opens with, I believe it's supposed to be Scott's dad.
1: No, I think it's uh, Mastermind.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe it is.
1: Yeah, I think it's Mastermind. And he's got Scott and Madwin Pryor in the palm of his hand. That would
0: make more sense. Yep. For some reason, because it opens with them on the Starjammer ship.
1: Yeah, I'm going see where it can be confusing. There's a lot of competing mustaches.
0: Yeah. Well, and this, because of the way the hand is, it covers the goatee part of it. Yeah. so it looks yes. more yes. like and just a negative
1: an evil chin rubbing thing.
0: Yeah. And so I thought that it was... Uh, although he's got the same kind of goatee thing now, too, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. It's an yeah, honest that, mistake. That makes more sense. So, yeah, Mastermind, it's all kind of red and orange in Mastermind's hand. You have a phoenix ask flame coming out with scott and madeline holding hands right. and crying or she's crying anyway Please. what do you think of it
1: um i really like the color work so i was you know i was remembering and we'll talk more about overall art later like on, on the whole yeah issues recovering i want to say because as a kid reading these, or Teenage or whatever, when I went back and got some old X-Men and read these issues, I remember being very so-so on Paul Smith's art. Yeah. And then I've been reading them for the podcast and i oh no, wait, I, I kind of love this guy. But this yeah. cover with Scott and Madeline is kind of in my mind's eye what I remembered his art looking like. Yeah. Where it's kind of 2D and like big kind of poofy hair with weird uh. lines and
0: well, he does that periodically.
1: Yes, he and he does. But to me, this is a snapshot of what I remembered his art being in my head. And yeah. I'm not real wild about it. Yeah, I think the mastermind in the background actually looks pretty cool. Or the Jason Wingard, yeah. whatever. But the Scott and, and Madeline, um, kind of eh on. I don't
0: like that very much, the drawing of it. I also think it would have been cooler...
1: If they if had not was, been in be- full color as well?
0: Well, yeah, if they had not been... In regular color, like maybe just a little bit more orangey or something. Yeah, I and agree. And it was more of a full body shot because this looks too much like one of those cliche photos of a couple in a brandy glass.
1: What is this? An engagement photo, right?
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, and so it looks like you know they got the little, they just need a rose across there, you
1: know,
0: <laughs> super classy. So I think if it was a like a full body shot, oh, like no, you no, holding no, them no, no,
1: I mean roses in an X. Crossing an right. X, and that would be their official <laughs> X-Men engagement photo.
0: That would be that would be fantastic. But I think that yeah, I think that um, it's too offset from yeah. a background that's really really
1: cool. Right. Yeah.
0: And then you have kind of a mediocre drawing. They're not mediocre. It's just kind of a it- cheesy.
1: Scott that's has like a feminine. weird nose and a very helmet hair.
0: Yeah, just the, it's the like you said, poofy hair, poofy hair. I say, yeah, it's just not very cool. It, it looks too cheesy, which I guess he's going for engagement photo, but I think it would look better if it was more of a full body shot and if they were also maybe with more color, but somewhat more full color. In. Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I yeah, concur. True. We are a complete concurrence. All right, call Paul Smith. I follow him on Twitter. I'll send him a tweet. Like, what's up with the cover to 174, man? Yeah. He'll be like, man. Can I get some last-minute edits on that? (laughs)
0: Like, it's 1983. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just I don't know that Paul Smith does cocaine. I don't want that to go on the record that I'm accusing him of being a... I just assume
1: everybody in the 80s in any kind of entertainment industry did cocaine.
0: Well, I I think that's probably pretty safe. Yeah pretty safe assumption
1: and probably with nick nolte or no is it gary Busey? which one do i mean
0: nick nolte or gary Busey? either Either one one? okay all right
1: they're they're kind (laughs) of the (laughs) same right
0: they they look similar and they've both done probably a tremendous amount of cocaine (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right so what happens in romances okay tell us all about romance
0: so we open up with scott and madeline in space they are smooching daddy walks in have an uncomfortable moment it's actually uh, kind of gross, I <laughs> not not the kissing but the uh how much they love each other it's it's a little too much watching <laughs> watching it on. it's like, ah, oh, get a room, get out of here,
1: right, gag um, me with a spoon
0: yeah so then in they intro the star jammers uh, they introduce binary,
1: yeah, she's officially joining was, the team, right or...
0: that's right, yeah. which I still really wish she only spoke in zeros and ones, but whatever. <laughs>
1: I think it's about a binary star, not about binary code.
0: I know, uh-huh. I know, but it'd be a lot funnier if it was. Uh-huh.
1: And just for those following along at home that may not remember, this is Carol Danvers.
0: Yeah, Carol Danvers, who has has new powers now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, she's got these star it's crazy like star powers. powers. Yeah, because right?
0: mm-hmm. Rogue took her old yes, all of her old Miss Marvel. Yep. All right, so there we are. Then we jump to Lalandra and Professor X trying to get Professor X's leg working. They both look like they just got done doing some jazzercise aerobics.
1: Yes, yeah, very Jane Fonda.
0: Which, Lalandra's hair is always funny, but since she's <laughs> wearing like a leotard, it's extra funny. <laughs> and leg <land>
1: warmers, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's right. It makes it extra funny. And Professor X has a headband on, even though he can't walk. So how sweaty is he really getting that he needs a headband but, well, you, know. you know, not to poke fun at him.
1: I will say, as much as I love Gwyneth Ween's colors, that doesn't look like sweat on his tank top. It looks like he threw up all over himself. <laughs>
0: I, I thought that or too. Or
1: somehow shit out of his mouth.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like he's, I mean, it makes him look like he's an invalid and he's just drooling.
1: <laughs> okay. and like he's
0: just drooled yeah. all over his for like a baby. Right. Which is weird. So, Anyway, they work on that for a minute. They're talking about Lando's sister is trying to take over the empire again. And so she says she needs to go, but he says he needs to stay to protect the X Men <sighs> and the new. <Newton-Umarians.
1: sighs> oh, this again.
0: So we got to go through this whole drama again. So we jump back to Scott struggling about Madeline because he's still not sure if she's actually Jean Grey or not. And he just can't quite get past it.
1: It's a big hurdle, to be fair.
0: It is. It is a big hurdle but he's really struggling with it. <laughs> yeah. And so we jump to Japan where Wolverine is there to demand some answers from Mariko, who is being helped now by her brother who is all beaten up who is now her heir and so we get it gets weirder and weirder although now we know that it's not it's not her but it still gets weirder and Wolverine's getting more and more angry.
1: And he basically returns the honor sword.
0: Yeah, he returns the honor sword says if I'm not worthy of you I'm not worthy of this. And she calls him another another really deep-cutting... They really did a good job with with getting Wolverine. It's another really deep-cutting line where she says, Wolverine, my love is for a man, not a beast-clad in human form.
1: Yeah, man.
0: And that's She's just hitting it. At, him. It's just hitting it. All of Wolverine's biggest fears <laughs> in life. It's all right. All his most important points. Yeah. Just getting him. So we jump back to the X-Mansion where we have Kitty and Lockheed.
1: Yeah, reading Being some silly. Star Wars comics.
0: Reading some Star Oh, yeah, Star Wars. With the Kool-Aid man ad on the back. <laughs> and so she goes to Peter, who's struggling with a painting, and she convinces him to go with her, and she convinces him to close his eyes, and then she jumps on top of him and kisses him, and he says that he's angry at one point, which is kind of a weird response to that. Right. But then she, basically, she's showing him that she's learned how to help other people phase through stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's
1: kind of cool. I thought powers, it was pretty
0: cool. yeah. They're walking and walking. And he's like, aren't we at the end of the wall yet? And he doesn't know they've already walked through the wall. And they're Believe
1: walking. it or not, I'm walking on air.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I wish I'd thought of that. So I could have hummed that while I was reading the scene. <laughs> um, and then, so then they land in storms. What well, used to be her greenhouse, I guess. Yeah, her plants. room in the attic. And then they start smooching it up. Yeah. And then storm lands and says, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> Interspersed with a really awesome GI Joe ad. Yes. Or the GI Joe video game. Yeah. That was, I guess, what would that have been before Atari on
1: a PC? I think right. No, it says for Atari. Yeah. Does it say Atari? Huh.
0: Oh, okay. Or I Sears
1: didn't... Video <laughs> Arcade.
0: My oh, yeah, favorite
1: thing about this ad, if, if we're going to actually talk about it, is um, we'll they, they show a sample of the screen. Yeah. And so they have the chance to render the screen artistically. And they show this zigzag in the Cobra graphic like it's on an old TV that's on the fritz. Yeah. So like the graphics don't quite work. And that's what they chose to render for their yeah, sample well, screenshot.
0: Or maybe that is the thing moving maybe maybe it's supposed it, to make it look like it moves back and forth I think it this
1: makes like, it look really shitty and glitchy well
0: yeah I mean this is one of those like Patriot Command games I like, know,
1: and I know compared that. to now it does look shitty but it makes it look like it looked shitty even back then
0: but even yeah <laughs> even at the time but I, we totally would have bought that
1: oh yeah if I had known I about
0: mean, it I mean I was six I didn't have an Atari but
1: my grandma had one nice yeah I played Space Invaders all night long when we went to the stay with my grandma
0: that's pretty awesome yep Atari. Good old days. Anyway, so or- Aurora crashes their make-out sesh. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then, they, uh, then they chastise her for how she's gotten rid of her plants. And she's really, really leaning into this whole she's completely changed as a person. Right. Which is interesting, I think, really pushing this idea. that, Which, again, we didn't read those two comics with the whole Morlocks and all that stuff.
1: We didn't cover them.
0: That's what I mean. We didn't cover them. We haven't talked about them. So a lot of things were happening to Storm, which is interesting in itself. But um anyway, so that's that. And then we jump to Nightcrawler and Rogue. Nightcrawler is helping Rogue out.
1: He basically explains to her the whole Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. She's like, Why why are you asking so weird about Scott's fiance?
0: Right, and so he gives her the quick recap. The classic Chris Claremont. Yeah. Any any comic or TV show where a new person shows up, and so you take the opportunity to recap yes. important events. Yeah. And then um, Nightcrawler gets a little witch doll.
1: Yeah, from his girlfriend, Amanda, the witch.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. In fact, she he she's is the given... one that
0: made the doll of, of Nightcrawler, right? Yeah,
1: he made a doll for her, and he left it, so she's returning <coughs> the favor.
0: That's right. That's right. That's funny. I'd forgotten all about that. So there you go. So this—they're really pushing this romances.
1: Yeah, romances, that's, that's why romances. it's called romances.
0: So then we have another summerlude, <laughs> <laughs> where they're in the plane, where Scott apparently has proposed to Madeline, but for some reason they didn't show it.
1: Yeah, I have a comment about that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Scott is. Uh, so basically, he's proposed. We we learn she's still crying. He walks in the plane. A creepy Irish uh, priest gives him a picture of Jean Grey that really freaks Scott out. And then he can't get settled. So then that night, they get home. She's showing up to hang out with Scott, Jason Wingard, hanging out outside. And then Scott decides to take the opportunity to ask her if she is Jean Grey.
1: (laughs) Hey, are you really Jean Grey? Level with me. Are
0: you the reincarnation of Jean Grey? Right. Are you Phoenix? And she... Punches the shit out of it. It's an
1: awesome panel. (laughs) I really, really love that panel.
0: I do too. Glasses flying off and everything. Yeah. That's a really good panel. And then he's got a backup glasses in his pocket, which I thought was also fantastic (laughs) that he puts on his eyes, which you got to assume. It's just practical. In this situation, you have to carry tons of backups. Right. Just in case. So anyway, so then he goes to find Carol to um, Carol to find uh, Madeline to apologize because he realizes immediately how stupid that was. Right. But then
1: there's it the Dark wasn't Phoenix. so dumb. And she fries him. Dark Dun- Phoenix Dun- is uh, back. Or is she? Oh, yeah. Dun- uh, you know. Yeah. All right. So I'm going back to the beginning. Hepzibah talk. Ugh. I hate the way she talks. The way the what? The skunk girl, Madam Hepzibah or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. I oh, the star her. jammer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. like yeah. You know what she I, hits I on Cyclops?
1: People. That's weird, too.
0: There's not much anything I like about the Star Jammers, just just in general.
1: And so Prof has some pretty... For a guy who can't use his legs, they are massively buff.
0: He has got some ripped legs, that's true. Those are like Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger legs. So, when we... um, When Scott and Maddie are talking about whether they're going to stay in space with the Star Jammers or not, and we zoom out on the kiss, I like the erased space background.
0: Yeah, that's really, no, cool. No, really cool. As if everything's fading away.
1: So I like all the intentional, unintentional euphemisms with uh, Kitty and Colossus, where <laughs> yeah. she's like, Some playtime would do us both good. I need to show you something in the attic. Which she means. This her. is
0: why I'm saying this is not appropriate for a 13 year old. No, it's not.
1: It. Showing Colossus your underage hoo ha is inappropriate.
0: Yeah. And Colossus, uh, who I guess is supposed to be young, but.
1: All right, so as far as the off panel proposal with Scott Summers.
0: Yeah, what's your theory on it that? It kind of
1: seems like a cheat, but a really cheesy shown proposal would have been worse. Yeah, I agree with that. And so did you catch the priest was one of uh, Mastermind's personalities when he was mentally seducing Jean back during the yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, no, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, so there was the yeah, priest
1: and then the guy on the beach, remember? And yeah. And then um, the actual Jason Wingard personality. Were all that's the it. people that he gradually wore Jean down with. I mean, this is uh, one of those it. personalities.
0: I'd forgotten about that.
1: Yep. I thought the panel of Phoenix, the quote, oh. blasting Scott out of the door with the half yeah. tone looked really, really great. The one where it's just her face. No, the one the- above that with the really oh, like yeah. the black and pink half tone there.
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: And then her face in the doorway does look really cool. Yeah, that one is also The close-up really cool. on her face is a little uh, Wicked Witch.
0: Yeah, a little pointy. The nose is kind of pointy. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's Paul Smith. Get,
0: which gives it a Wicked yeah, Witch He's a little look.
1: A- angular is the word I've been looking for this whole time.
0: Angular. I'll buy
1: that. He can be a little angular at times. Okay. Well, I think the last panel is pretty sweet. Yeah,
0: it's a good panel.
1: All right, so I thought overall the art was great. Again, well. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. I actually thought the drama was pretty good.
0: It's okay. It set up some good stuff. Yes. Overall, I was kind of bored by it. Okay. But I, I get, I get the necessity of of comics like this occasionally. But I, it was a lot of different stories. None of them were all that. That because they're very short, you know.
1: Yes, we jumped around a lot.
0: We jumped around a lot, and I, I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't that interested in all of them. Okay. Which I guess, I get that they're building up to the Gene Grey comes back thing, which is how this ends. Right. But I was, it was just too much. The return much of S- the dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah, just too much of Scott. Oh, is it? Is it her? Is it her? Is it her? And then Lalandra and the whole thing with her sister, and then them talking forever about their love that can never be
1: <laughs> star-crossed lovers.
0: The Wolverine one was pretty cool. That I sets thought, that up. I
1: thought it was nice. Yeah.
0: The Kitty and Colossus one was uh, was good, yeah. but it was long.
1: It, it was, was long. it was abnormally long for like it was disproportionately long.
0: Yeah. Well, it, like you said, for. For as little as it accomplished, it took up seven pages, six well, pages.
1: Yeah, cause I think the main point is Kitty and Colossus are going to be a couple.
0: But we already got that already, so yeah. it's not like a new thing.
1: Well, they've been flirting with it.
0: No, yeah, I th- that one was too long. And then the Nightcrawler one, that was okay, because she's got to express. They always got to recap Jean Grey somehow.
1: Right, because she is the most important thing in X-Men comics ever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and two with the summer lead. Also, I think it's because they went back to Scott. It was like three or four different...
1: Well, all, like he's on the cover.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, it's I felt it's like it the
1: just, main story. Everything else is really an interlude from that at this point.
0: It didn't really... Aco- much of it didn't accomplish all that much, but...
1: I well, we know. had to have the last page had to be the last page. Then so we could have the cliffhanger yeah. to whether this is really Gene or not.
0: Yeah. I guess so. if, it, if it was me... I. I would say probably they could have, it could have cut the kitty one down, yeah. cut out the the second Scott and Madeline section, and then maybe had another page of Wolverine being badass. But
1: yeah, well, you know. that's
0: because this is the podcast that goes snicked.
1: So. right?
0: So my solution is always more Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so what are you going to grade on *Kenny X-Men* one seventy four?
0: Um, I give it a four.
1: Okay, I'm still going to give it a five out of six clause. Alright, well that's it for Romance. Let's get some action. Okay, and speaking of action, we have Uncanny X-Men 175, our 20th anniversary issue. This one, we have some slight changes, I do believe.
0: This is the one that's half, half and half, I think.
1: Yeah. So it's written by Chris Claremont, drawn by Paul Smith and John Romita Jr., inked by Bob uh lettered by Tom Waltzakowski, and colors by Glenn Sweeney. So really, the only changes halfway through are pencils change from PMS to JRJR. So basically, on the cover, we have all the X-Men fighting Dark Phoenix. It's a decent cover.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a little um, it's a little cluttered, but I, I like it.
1: Yeah, I dig it. It's alright. Um, so, basically, the X-Men are doing yard work when they see the Phoenix, and Cyclops <laughs> drops from the sky. He relays his Madeline Phoenix story to Professor X, who will use Cerebro to search for Gene, but the psychic feedback knocks him out. Dark Phoenix returns to attack the X-Men, who she handles pretty easy before go- leaving to run some errands. The X-Men regroup and call for help, only to see Dark Phoenix destroy the Star Jammers, Avengers, and... What? No Alpha Flight? Why doesn't she destroy Alpha Flight? (laughs) Cyclops has an out-of-body experience and reads the clues like Batman. He deduces they aren't facing a resurrected Phoenix, but mastermind and devises a plan to defeat him. The X-Men attack him now thinking he's Dark Phoenix. Attack Cyclops, that is thinking that Cyclops is Dark Phoenix, but he lures them to the Danger Room to take care of him. Mastermind reveals himself and his plan, and how he recovered from his last fight to Madeline Pryor. Cyclops uses Rogue to channel Professor X and reveal his knowledge to the X-Men. They confront Mastermind and, no longer under his spell, defeat him with Hurricane Aurora. Storm prevents Wolverine from killing Mastermind, and Cyclops saves Madeline Pryor. Then he visits Jean's grave on his wedding day, because that's healthy, and he marries Madeline. Wolverine is bitter because, guess what, he got jilted. If I can't get married, nobody should. <laughs> Can so we open up with a nice panel of Wolverine wearing an ascot? Because that fits his personality.
0: We're on that first page? Yeah. That's no, not an ascot. That's like one of those uh, 50s cowboy
1: neckkerchiefs. <laughs> is it?
0: Yeah. If it was an ascot, he'd have his shirt buttoned and it'd be rolled out. Oh, uh, okay. So this is like what uh Who's the famous guy with the horse from Fort Worth? Well, not <laughs> Bob Wills,
1: but... The famous guy with the horse from Fort Worth. <laughs> um Everybody? <laughs>
0: The arena's named after him.
1: Will Rogers.
0: Will Rogers. There you go. It's like a little Will Wod- Rogers. Will Rogers. Will Wabush? What dot, what dot, what dot, what
1: Yeah, anyway, I think Wolverine looks dumb. I I agree. think the Phoenix display and the little shapes behind it is awesome.
0: It's very cool. And then it goes white, which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah. I like that Cerebro has faders, like a mixing board.
0: Yeah, I like that, too.
1: Because Professor X is all about the bass. About the yeah, bass. But... No <laughs> trammels.
0: No, 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 Jason, no.
1: <laughs> and WTF, is this Kitty's costume now? She has the worst costumes ever. Forever.
0: She has really bad costumes. Yeah. Does it say when it switches, artists? they don't but no, the page... I'll tell you. I mean, I think you can tell. I'm just trying to remember. Um, I'm scrolling back through to try to remember at what point it switches because I I meant to I meant to take note when I was reading it but
1: I so was reading. it is the, the last Paul Smith page. Well, we'll get when we get that I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. It. Okay. Um, all right, so anyway, the the panel of the X Men watching the Starjammers die on the monitor is awesome. <laughs> It's yeah. like the glow from the monitor is on them, and it looks like a bunch of kids watching TV. Yeah. It's great, great panel.
0: I, like, I really liked that, because I liked how it faded into the, just the two colors.
1: Yeah, it was really cool.
0: The yellow and the black, and you get that just disbelief.
1: Yeah, so the scene where Cyclops goes through all the weird coincidences to determine his mastermind is so, like, 70s, 80s Batman. is hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: Yes, because only this could do this and this must mean this yeah i will say the panel of him optic blasting colossus is great
0: yeah they do a good job of that
1: and then he face plants wolverine where he he shoots wolverine into the ground face first with an optic blast that's pretty sweet did you have anything else you wanted to talk about a
0: lot of good action sequences I, i like the whole fight's good the savage land stuff i think is pretty interesting yeah
1: it's all in the danger room but it's pretty cool I really like yeah. the panel when they get when they're kinda of determining what's going on when they use when Rogue takes Professor X's powers. And then we yeah. see them confront Dark Phoenix, who's really Cyclops, but we have Phoenix and then on either side of her is we have Wolverine's fist with his claws and then Colossus's fist. And that's a yeah, really great it panel.
0: That is a good panel.
1: And that is the last page of Paul Smith. The next page oh. where we see Phoenix in all her glory is the first page of John Romina Junior.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And this, looks, this is older John Armino Jr. Before he's really yeah. kind of figured out his style completely. Or at least the style we know now. Right. So a little more just kind of house style art. A little, a little more plain Jane than, than we're used to. You see flashes yeah. of like what he would do. But it's, hey, it's, it's kind of ugly up a at parts. Bit. Yeah.
0: I'd like to back up just to the, the scene where, he's, where Jason Wingard's revealing... Yeah. Just because I wanted to mention the idea that the the old Japanese guy re, the reveal is that that guy was one of Jason Wingard's characters oh. and so that all the way back we have this idea that he'd been pulling the strings even longer than even farther back than we realized
1: okay yeah
0: he, he's introduced at the very end of the wedding but then we have this idea here that if this was one of his characters the idea was that he he's the one who'd killed that old guy oh. and so all the way back to the whole orchestrating the clan fight and all that stuff with Viper and all of that was Mastermind, which is pretty wow, interesting.
1: That is pretty interesting. Oh, I was going to say in the Danger Room, the poppies designed specifically keyed to affect your mutant physiology is stupid.
0: <laughs> yes, that was stupid.
1: And that Logan's bitter maid of honor line is uh, pretty perfect. <laughs> he goes, maid of honor, huh, kid? Better luck this time. Like last time, I was like, are you going to break up this wedding too? <laughs> like a lot of just displaced anger. All right. So I will say, without spoiling too, too much on what we know comes ahead. And talking about what you were talking about with Mastermind, talking about how he's all these different people. He's been doing this so long. Doesn't it kind of seem then, at this point, that maybe the whole Madeline Pryor thing should have been him as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that whole thing was him to set up Cyclops to, like, to, to break him, you know? Yeah. And that was part of his plan, which obviously it turns out not to be. It goes right. deeper than that. And in, and in the long run, I'm glad because right. of the stuff it ties into and introduces is a lot cooler than if it had yeah. been just Mastermind. But I'm wondering at what point in the development Claremont, like, if he changed it or if he knew all along that they weren't related. Yeah, I mean, it kind it of is, seems like, as, as deep as his fingers go in this plot, that it would seem like right. something he would do would be to invent this. Yeah,
0: story. it. Yeah, it, it, is, it is very similar to something he would do anyway. Yeah. And so it does kind of seem like that it would be, but it's not. Yeah. And I agree, I, I'm glad it's not. Yeah. But it is kind of weird that so much of this story is him doing that kind of thing.
1: And it just yeah. seems like I, need, I, I want to use the Phoenix as part of my revenge because she destroyed me. Right. So, so I will make a fake Jean Grey and call her something else and ruin Scott's life. I mean, just, it fits in line with his plan. So it's kind of yeah. It's better, but it's kind of weird that that's not how it works. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, I agree. What do you think of the art? Um, good. I thought the, the PMS stuff was great. I thought uh, J.R. J.R. is still kind of finding his way. But it's not bad.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Story, I thought the plot was okay, but reading this issue was kind of a beat down for me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I felt the same way. It was kind of... I felt like I should be more interested in this. Yeah, I,
1: I agree. And I kind of wasn't. I was kind of like, can we get done with this, please? <laughs> I
0: think I think part of it is that the whole thing so quickly unfolded. Right. It was like he shows up and it's it's Phoenix and everybody freaks out. And then it's like... Oh, then the Avengers are dead, and the Starjammers are dead, and now Scott's Phoenix, and now Scott figures it out. And it was just like, what? Right. We, I don't know. It was weird. It felt like that last issue, maybe they should have not just done romances, that whole issue.
1: Right, and started some of this. And, and
0: then, yeah, because yeah. so I felt like there should have been the whole stuff about like thinking the Avengers and Starjammers and all were dead. Would have been really interesting if that's something they'd let play out for a few minutes. Right. Of the X Men thinking that they're all alone and that everyone else is dead. <laughs> New York City's gone. But it's yeah. like that's like five minutes. They think that and they
1: very quickly realize it's not true. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a little disappointing. Especially because there was so much buildup, and because, well, see, even, I don't know, I was going to say because the buildup was so good, but I'm not even sure that's entirely true. The issues the buildup was in was really good. Yeah. I'm not sure if the mastermind stuff in and of itself was all that great to begin with. It just happened no, I mean, to take place in great issues.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you could take out, in the first couple of issues, you could take out the fact that he's the old man.
1: Right, and it doesn't really matter. And that matter. doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: You could just have Mariko coming to that conclusion or some other reason.
1: She couldn't be that mean though. That wouldn't be I true. guess that's true.
0: That yeah. had to be mastermind. but That
1: would ring false. But. So
0: that was good. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is very, it's anticlimactic. It, I think it's because, partly because it, it went back so far and they make right. the point that, oh, this is six issues or, <laughs> you know, whatever. This has been a long time, since so this has been running. But then once it actually goes into play, it's all really, really fast.
1: Right. Well, you know, Cameron. It takes a long time to set up the dominoes, and only a minute for them to fall Both down. To
0: fall. And so, does this mean that when in Japan, when when Aurora and Yur- and Yuriko were fighting, Yukio, Yukio, I mean, yeah. and Storm saw the Phoenix. Then was that also Jason Wingard?
1: <sighs> it has to be, right? I think so. Yeah, but hey, uh, we gotta get to, we gotta get to Scott's honeymoon. So before we can do that. What are you gonna grade on *Kenny X-Men* 175?
0: I think I'm gonna give it a four two.
1: Okay. I'm gonna give it three out of six claws. With, by the time it, there were there was parts I liked. But by the time it was said and done, it was just it was too much of a chore to read, and there was too much of it that it was just average. So I'm gonna go with three out of six claws. So let, let's go to the honeymoon.
0: Okay, *X-Men* 176. Chris Claremont, John Romita Jr., Bob Weichek, Glennis Wine, Tom Wardzuchowski. The new crew.
1: The new crew.
0: So, um, cover?
1: I actually like this cover quite a bit. It's uh, it by is a John Romina cool Jr.
0: Cover. It is a pretty cool cover. I like the purple.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Purple blue. I like sky. I like the I like purple. The
1: color of it. I like the green. I like <laughs> the yellow. I like the bubbles. I even like the Optic Blast.
0: I like the uh, cracks in the X Men.
1: I like that, too.
0: I like the suction cups on the <laughs> octopus arms.
1: I like the clenched fist.
0: I like the UPC symbol.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a Spider-Man head.
0: <laughs> and this, Oh, mine has the people.
1: Yeah, oh. Wait, that's, what? The UPC or the, the letterbox thing? The letterbox thing. Okay. I don't think that's what it's called, FYI. But, yeah. No, I, I thought you meant the... The uh, UPC where the barcode goes. I have a Spider-Man head. Oh, mine
0: just has the barcode.
1: Okay, Spider-Head. Spider-head.
0: Do, 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 do do Okay, yeah, it's a it's a cool cover in spite of the story related to it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it is a pretty cool cover. I like the I like the you know we were just stupid about it, but I actually do really like the clenched fist and the way yeah. scream screaming almost right. coming out. It's really.
1: He's shooting the logo because he doesn't want to be in the comic anymore.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm joining (laughs) X-Factor. Yes, okay, so we open up with Scott and Madeline on a summer moon, honeymoon, summer moon. Scott has jean cut-off shorts, got to mention that.
1: Yeah, they're, they're shorty shorts too.
0: They are very short. They are talking about Scott being a star jammer. Wolverine, we jump now back to... It's all very jumpy-jumpy. Yeah. We jump back to Japan, where Wolverine has returned the sword to Mariko.
1: Again? What happened? How did you get it back? I thought Silver you, Samurai well, picked it up.
0: Uh, That's a good point. Oh, no, no, no. She mailed it to him.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. They say that. She mailed it back.
0: And he comes back with it and says, why did you do this? <laughs> and she realizes... So she realizes that she was mastermind. Does she? But...
1: How, how, how would she? I, I agree she does... Doesn't. I don't know how I mean, she figured it out. Wolverine Teller, he wrote her letter like, oh, I know you didn't mean to jilt me. I mean, that sounds like the most pathetic loser ever. <laughs> you didn't mean to break up with me. It was a, a super criminal invading your mind. You were being mind-controlled. Right, yeah, yeah. By- so let's get by. back together.
0: Yeah. So, but that's basically what he's saying. <laughs> he says that if I deserve this sword, I, then if this sword is mine, then you are mine. He says.
1: Yeah, that's how it works, so right? So
0: basically, she sticks with her. That's how I
1: got Denise. She gave me a pin. I brought a pin, and I said, "If this pin is mine, then you are mine." And then we got married.
0: <laughs> Luckily, it was a nice pin. So she. It was okay. a really nice pin.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> So, Mariko sticks with her thing about how she wants to do it herself. So now I guess the idea is that because of what Mastermind did...
1: It made a lot of trouble for Mariko. It made
0: a lot of trouble, so her clan is now deeply tied into the Underworld. Yes. So she wants to fix it herself for some reason. And so Wolverine kind of understands it,
1: although he's pretty upset about it. But I really like the last line. Because Wolverine, in a nice panel where he's in Shadow, says, And suppose you fail. And Mariko says... Then the man to whom I have entrusted my heart will do what must be done. Yeah. No, that was really cool. Yeah. So I, basically she's still... if I get killed, I know you'll come back and give everybody pure right. hell.
0: Which is kind of weird because it's like, from Wolverine's perspective, it's like, why don't you just let me do right. it? Right. Why,
1: why don't I just protect you the whole time? And
0: then we can be together. Right. But whatever. So Wolverine leaves, cut to the ocean where Scott is almost eaten by the largest shark ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Then the largest octopus ever eats the shark.
1: (laughs) They call it a squid, but it doesn't have a hat. So it's got to be an octopus, octopus. right? (laughs) octopus. Yeah. The drawing
0: of it is an octopus, but they do keep saying squid. Yeah. So whatever. So now we jump to the presidency, Washington, D.C., where the president and national security advisor and CIA and all those folks are talking about something Magneto had done back in 150. Yeah. Or threatened to do, and I guess didn't actually end up doing it because the X Men stopped him. Oh, he did sink
1: the submarine.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he didn't blow up yeah. the city or whatever he was going to do. And so then, anyway, so then someone turns the turns that around to talking about what the real threat is, which is that now there are actually mutants and other super super beings in other countries. Yeah, great. which I guess is not. Seems like that wasn't new news, but. I guess maybe it was. It's more widespread,
1: but, I guess. It's an interesting concept. The, it's an interesting the, idea. That, the government would that, finally kind of wake up. Oh, Project Wide Awake. But they would kind of wake up to like, the, we're not alone in dealing with this.
0: Right. that Lots of other countries have this. And so anyway, they Cold War context that with the idea that mutant spies, you know, the idea that you could have spies that are super, super powered or yeah. can read minds or can do whatever. And so that... Yeah talking about the real threat that poses and so this lady valerie
1: cooper her first appearance by the way
0: that's right so she um she's suggesting they need to do something now to deal with the threat but the president is not ready to do that yet it doesn't seem to be so go back to the ocean and scott and madeline are still trying to fix this stupid boat yeah
1: so i got i got a question for you yeah is stranded at sea and fixing your seaplane really the time you need to make the change from black to white bikini isn't really that important you know what
0: i had the exact same thought (laughs) it has a bizarre unnecessary costume change
1: yeah there's probably just a coloring error (coughs) but whatever
0: actually you know what oh yeah she was in a black bikini earlier in the first panel she's in full clothes
1: no she's not we'll come Uh, back to the first panel oh we're coming back to that
0: she's wearing some kind of uh hawaii shirt mm-hmm. yeah so then we have a small again another summer load that seems like unnecessary Let at this point the Cameron,
1: they're really not interludes these this is like the main beef of the story
0: yeah i know but it should be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we go to the morlocks and we have caliban caliban
1: Really upset. Uh, he but, got jolted by Kitty.
0: He did, yeah. So apparently, and again, the issues we didn't cover. Yeah. Storm gum down there and has taken over the Morlocks. Yes, he
1: did. She beat Callisto.
0: Displaced um, Callisto, and so Callisto's here checking on Caliban. Caliban is sad because he betrayed them. Because apparently, Kitty either told him or he believed that she was going to stay with him forever.
1: Kitty led him to believe that without actually saying it. You're kind of like, I'm not yeah. technically saying, Al, but I know you think that, so we'll just go with it.
0: Right. Um, she let him, led him to believe that yeah. she loved him, and so Callisto basically says that she's going to make Kitty fulfill her promise. Yeah. And so Caliban is on board with that
1: well why not
0: so back to the ocean where the octopus tries to grab Madeline by the head pulls her into the ocean Scott turns orange for a while jumps into the ocean blasts the
1: too many carrots the what he ate too many carrots (laughs) (laughs) carrots. I will say in the panel where he blasts through the 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 squid wraps his tentacle around his face and when he blasts through the tentacle, that's really cool. It is pretty cool. And then the panel of him like basically disintegrating this puss is pretty cool too. Yeah. But basically, they uh they get up, they get the plane going, they fly above the storm, they're safe and sound, and they're not gonna go to space. The end. <laughs> yep. That's it. All right. So back to the first page. All right. First page. I feel like they kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit. Doesn't it look like? Like, I know really she's probably just looking at the weather, but it looks like Madeline's like, they open the comic and they see us making out. She's like, has a shocked look on her face and she's looking right at the reader. Yeah, I think she's
0: supposed to be, look, she's flying the plane. Right, 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 right. right. Keep your eyes on the road right she's oh. trying to see what's happening but i agree it does look like she's looking at the reader right
1: and the way that panel's cut it doesn't look like there's anything under that shirt yeah it does it was like that. they just got done with sexy time and she just put a shirt on real fast to fly to the plane got that
0: black bikini under it so
1: well yeah yeah we don't see that and uh scott but, says something about doing something later as an after sexy time because you know yeah. scotty joined the mile high club on this flight <laughs> and that's really all i had <laughs>
0: But then later he says, "How oh, too bad the autopilot's not working."
1: Yeah, so And yeah. we, we have sexy time again.
0: That's right. This is um silly.
1: Yeah. All right. So, what do you think of the art?
0: Um, it's pretty good.
1: It's above average.
0: <laughs> there's um there's some good moments. There's some pretty ugly. I do not like sense. the way he drives Mariko. No,
1: no, not a huge fan.
0: Very wide.
1: Yeah, oh, I like his Wolverine. All right, and I will continue to like his Wolverine. That's um,
0: Wolverine. Good. His Scott is pretty good.
1: It's okay.
0: There's... Hair's a little fluffy, but...
1: Yeah, but that page when they're excited because the plane finally took off again. Oh my goodness. Oh uh, yeah, well, and they before cheer. before that, all, in fact, all of the panels where Scott just has his cow and visor on, he looks yeah. horrible. Yeah. And not all the subplots were pretty interesting. The main story, or interludes as you call them. <laughs> yeah, the summerludes. Were pretty meh. But I thought the end result of Scott's decision was good. I mean, it ended in a good place. But yeah, most of this comic was unnecessary.
0: We did not need the octopus story.
1: No, it made for a great cover, but not a great comic. A great
0: cover, but it it was kind of exhausting. Yeah. But the interludes were good. Interludes were getting you somewhere good.
1: Yeah, we got the whole project wide awake stuff.
0: But the so. octopus thing was stupid, and so the rest of it, then it was just weird. Like we have these couple of good stories that we're going to tie together with right. a
1: really easy with the tentacles of a horrible story.
0: <laughs> tentacles and the shark, the giant shark, and the ten- it was just like, what are we doing? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, I concur.
0: Do you know what month this com- this comic came out?
1: All right, so it said December. I think is. Would so have it been probably, September or October?
0: Okay. Because I feel like the romances one felt like...
1: <laughs> Valentine's issue? They put it together for <laughs> February. But it wasn't. Yeah, it would have been a little after that. Because... Yeah. All right. So I was going to end us on 174, which would have been Wolverine's... So Wolverine's, like, birth, quote-unquote, birthday... For this yeah. year, it would have been 174. And okay. that, that says October. I think it actually shipped in July. Because I think his debut was in July. So that would mean... Yeah, this would be September. Well, either
0: way, the point of that is, where I was going with that, is because it, it wasn't in February. So it doesn't really explain why they needed to have a romance-themed comic.
1: <laughs> and so everybody I feel
0: like they could have dealt with some of this stuff better if they had merged this comic I know you you're more jumping a comic but if they'd somehow merged those two together
1: <laughs> yeah maybe so I don't know
0: cuz we didn't need all those stories either and or at least not as long of them and I think we could have I don't think we really needed to know I, th- I don't know I feel like you they could have given Scott's decision at the end of 74 Right. Because you didn't need that for 75. It didn't make a difference in what happens with Jean Grey and all that.
1: Actually, you know what would have been better? If he had said at the end of this issue, man, did you know there are no sharks and pusses in space? Let's go to space.
0: <laughs> that would have been good.
1: All right, well, so yeah. let, let's find out. Let's play a game. How much did Cameron like the subplots? What are you going to grade 176?
0: Man, I'm going to give this one a... I'm going to... I'm going to give it a four.
1: Okay. I'm also going to give it four out of six. I was interested enough in Project Wide Awake and the Wolverine Mariko story that yeah. I kind of gave everything else a little bit of a pass.
0: Yeah. And even the Morlock thing was in, was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was not bad. I'm not a huge Morlock fan, but...
1: I, I love know, the idea very, of the Morlocks.
0: This one very much walked the edge of three.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too.
0: Just because ah, that squid story is so stupid. <laughs> Not Krakoa stupid, but still
1: pretty stupid. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. All right, so last up, we have a guest appearance. Wolverine shows up in Daredevil 196. This is Enemies, written by Batman legendary writer Denny O'Neill. Breakdowns by G.I. Joe Ryder, drawing the breakdowns, Larry Hama. Or Hama. Nice. Uh, Klaus Jansen is the actual artist. Joe Rosen is the letterer. Christy Scheel is the colorist. And our cover is by Claus Jansen. His name is Wolverine. Is he friend or the deadliest kind of enemy? And um, basically Wolverine's standing on the cover with his hand on his hip laughing. And Daredevil is standing in the background in shock. And we have a yellow background. And... Alright, so you pulled up uh, just a copy of the cover on the internet, right? Yes. Yeah. Look at where... Can you zoom in at all?
0: Uh... I think so, let me see if I... I got a big one, so it's full screen.
1: Okay. Look where his Wolverine's hand is with the claws. Yeah. Is the piece of that guy's shirt colored brown that shouldn't be on yours, or is it just mine? Say that again. All right. So his shirt, the the, the bag, the criminal thug, his shirt, should yeah. go all around the claws. And you can see the line. Yeah. Mark. Is the last scrap colored brown or green? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's brown. So that really confused me because I thought that was Wolverine's thumb. So I thought he was holding the guy's shirt from the top of his hand.
0: I thought and then that his claws
1: too. were coming out from under his wrist. And I was like, dude, Jansen completely screwed the pooch on how to draw Wolverine.
0: Yeah, but then I realized I that does look like a thumb, and yeah. then it, and then the the blades are kind of curved, so it's like they're curved upwards. Yes.
1: Well, yeah. they should be. They should be curved upwards because basically he's the claw. He's got the claw. The the guy's hanging from his claws, which wouldn't work. Yeah, they would But just I mean, cut. if it was
0: the way you thought, oh that right, I right, right. Thought originally,
1: yeah. Then yeah. the claws would be backwards. It's just really confusing. And Wolverine yeah, that, just doesn't look cool. Let's just face it.
0: This Wolverine, no, yeah. No, this whole cover is not very cool. No, it's not. It's not great. Daredevil's feet is really big too.
1: Yeah, and which is too bad. His Jansen. Has been doing some pretty killer uh, Daredevil covers since uh, Frank Miller left. And this one is not one of them. Um,
0: no. I do, I do really like the Daredevil in the top corner.
1: Yes. The, yeah. The,
0: the little Daredevil jumping out.
1: The part of the logo.
0: But I don't know if that's Jensen. Yeah. That may be a, just a standard Daredevil.
1: All right. So Cameron didn't actually get a chance to read this. I was going to come over and give it to him right before we recorded, but scheduling in some potential bad weather. We're doing this um, over the interwebs, so I'm just going to kind of talk about it a little bit, and we'll talk get an uninformed opinion from Cameron, and then we'll go from there.
0: Hey, take a look at this real quick. I just found this. I'm not sure. This is like a, I don't know what this is, but let's see if you can see it. Uh,
1: kind of? Whoa, well, is that Frank Miller?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. No, it still says Jansen, but look no. at the look Wolverine's face. That's crazy. He looks like a beast.
1: He yeah, does a little bit. then so there's weird. a there's a mockup of I guess a draft that Jansen did. Yeah, it looks did. like it's like. And Wolverine doesn't have his mask on.
0: Well, surely someone saw that and said, "We got to put his mask on." Yeah. <laughs> that can't be Wolverine's face. Right? Yeah
1: fix that all right so basically wolverine gets a call from an old police contact that the japanese are moving bullseye if you've been reading daredevil uh daredevil dropped bullseye off of a building and paralyzed him and he's been to the hospital but the japanese criminals are going to take him to japan so wolverine goes to check it out uh the men get away daredevil and wolverine agree to team up as Wolverine knows all about the Japanese underworld, and Daredevil knows all about the New York underworld, so hey, we'll use each other's expertise. Plus, in a big (coughs) out-of-nowhere revelation, Wolverine says the Japanese may be responsible for his adamantium. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and in a Daredevil comic, of all places. So our heroes bicker about their methods, and track down Bullseye to a boat, before it leaves the country. Uh Kingpin and not Cobra Commander. But not the Secret Society not Cobra Commander. A new not Cobra Commander. Anyway, they work out an agreement to restore Bullseye's spine with Adamantium in Japan. He'll do one job for this guy. And then the Kingpin gets him back. And he's going to, I guess, kind of bankroll it. So our heroes... um bicker some more wolverine takes down brown his police contact who was going to kill daredevil then he completely forgets his mission to chase down the minions who shot him in the hospital earlier uh daredevil lets the ship get away to save brown because wolverine didn't quite kill him then he goes to the airport to buy a ticket to japan uh, the art is okay. It's not great. It's kind of standard 80s house style for Marvel. Just kind of there. I do like the way O'Neill writes the team up and Wolverine's attitude. He doesn't really take anything too seriously. He's kind of funny, but not in a Spider-Man kind of way, but in his own kind of way. It's very weird that we get this big reveal about the Adamantium in Daredevil and not in X-Men. And it's also weird because I read the next couple of issues after this by like Daredevil 197, 198. And we meet Yuriko, who will become Lady Deathstrike later. But Wolverine's not part of the story anymore. It's weird how close we tied that they will appear in two different comics an issue apart, but <laughs> not meet each other. So, anyway, uh, we do see Jansen definitely gives Wolverine a cigar. And he says, ouch, when he gets shot, which I thought was cool. And I like the idea of how they introduce Wolverine to Daredevil readers. He does talk about how all the other outfits he's involved with. And he says it in the present tense. So that's kind of weird. Because we know the X-Men, but what else is he still doing? We know what he's done in the past. Right? I just thought that was interesting. Oh, and he makes a deodorant joke, which I thought was weird. Um, and then there's a part where they see the ship and they say... They're looking at the top of the ship, like right, the deck. And they say... Well, we think this is the right one, but there's no sign of bullseye. He's in a hospital bed, paralyzed. Why are they have him sitting out on the deck? To work on his tan? I don't think so. Anyway, so, so what do you think of this whole... Uh, I know you didn't get to read it or see any of the actual interior art, but I mean, it's a pretty big reveal that the Japanese may be involved in the Adamantium. Obviously, we don't know the whole story yet, all yeah. we've really been told is that the Canadian Secret Service Department H paid yeah. for it. They paid for Wolverine's upgrades, so but they talk about how they spent all that money. But now we're learning that the Japanese may, I don't know, did do they like invent adamantium? I mean, I guess we'll find out where the story goes, but I just thought it was really weird. Yeah. And, and especially seemed... weird that it's in Daredevil. Yeah. Like, it here's is a weird. big piece of Wolverine's just... mysterious backstory that X Men readers have been clamoring for. Right. And they may not even read it unless they knew this was in there.
0: Well, I wonder if it was intended to be revealed. reveal. I mean, the, the, the writer of Daredevil just thought, you know, it's the 80s and everything is the Japanese. So it's right. like, just, oh, it's the Japanese. It's just, just something he just kind of threw in there. Well,
1: I, I need a reason for Wolverine to be here. Oh, maybe right. the Adamantium is Japanese.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of, to me, that's what it, that's what it feels like. It's just kind of like a throwaway line that, right. that he used... But it turns out it's a really big thing.
1: Yeah, and it will be it later if we there. learn more about Lady Deathstrike and stuff and her yeah. and her father and all that. Anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. It was a Wolverine appearance, and it was not a bad one. Cameron can't really grade it, but I'm going to give Daredevil 196, four out of six claws. All right, so that's going to do it for this flashback episode of Wolverine's Wedding. Of course, we covered a lot more, but I felt like it gave a nice kind of stopping point on the Mariko story. So why I kind of decided to include all these issues together. This is the first time you've got to do anything on the podcast with Paul Smith, and you know, we got yes. some early John Romina Jr. Uh, what do you think of Paul Smith overall?
0: I, I like it a good bit. If there was a few people specifically that he drew that I didn't like, right? I said this a bunch, so I don't want to revisit it. But yeah. but overall, and and Wolverine. For the most part, it's fantastic, I
1: think. Yeah, I agree. Both with and without the mask. In and out of costume. I love Paul Smith's Wolverine. Yeah, across the board. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further. I actually, going back and seeing the whole run, and especially the Brood Saga stuff, I put Paul Smith's overall body of work on the X-Men as up there in, like, top five runs, art-wise, for me. I put him a little bit below John Byrne but not a whole lot for me personally. I, I can see kind of some of the criticism like I get it but it didn't yeah. it didn't hit me quite the same way or detract as much. Alright so anyway basically we uh Wolverine didn't get married his relationship with Mariko is up in the air and his adamantium is Japanese in origin apparently. And that's kind of that's kind of the, the summary of the episode. So Cameron as usual why don't you give um your plugs and your other stuff you got going on.
0: Uh i have things going on
1: <laughs> great
0: i have my podcast history banter podcast yeah uh if you have not listened to me on the podcast before uh we do history movies basically so check it out
1: and how is the audio on the uh view for vendetta have you at least listened to it yet
0: yeah i posted it already it's good
1: i didn't get it i didn't see it yeah. on twitter okay
0: I'll i tagged work. you on the images
1: i saw the pictures i didn't see any audio
0: okay yeah okay. I, uh, the pictures right before that i'd posted the audio so oh okay, yes cool. it turned out good some of the good. background noise is oddly loud but, well, so, uh, but yeah it's good
1: so just for everybody's sake so the history banner podcast and the, the school that camera teaches that did a special viewing of uh be for vendetta at alamo draft house on the 5th of november it was a yes. lot of fun we all got little masks and we wore them and they took a picture of the whole theater with us wearing the mask and it was they did like a panel afterwards and that's the part you recorded and yeah. so yeah so go to the website I'll, I'll definitely be checking that out soon i didn't know it was up or i would have already listened to it but yeah. it's cool stuff and it was a really fun night and i'm assuming the podcast came out great because the panel was fun yeah. so
0: yeah it sounded good they can hear your question a couple all times right. are you on there so i was i was glad that even the audience luckily all the questions were from the front couple of rows
1: but yeah well most of them were on the mic too so that helped
0: yeah yeah but even the couple that weren't it still picked it up pretty well so awesome
1: but yeah I'm it
0: was a good time we have another one planned for january but we don't have the movie yet but Cool. but sometime at the end of january we'll do another one so so if your listeners are in the dallas area and interested check us out because we'll be posting it so
1: yeah and i don't know how many of my know. listeners are in the dallas area besides me and you but but if you are here yeah check it out because it's fun yeah
0: i don't know that i have a ton either but you never know
1: all right cool and what's uh what's y'all's twitter handles
0: at history banter and then i'm at cameron sinclair and the website's historybanter.com our Facebook is history com.
1: Cool. Yep. Uh, please leave an iTunes review. Please keep ignoring the email. That's snickcast at yahoo.com. Um, you know, I've
0: never gotten an iTunes review yet either. I haven't either.
1: I do have a lot of people on Twitter, so thank you. We're at snickcast. Uh, like the Facebook page. If you want show notes and stuff, that's snickcast.podbean.com. Um, next up, we'll get back to our regular issues. We'll talk about Dawkins and the Logan legacy. Uh, thank you, as usual, Cameron. I really appreciate taking the time to. Do this, no
0: problem, um, it's
1: always fun, yeah. And so, until next time, Hans and Snicks, bye.